Hello and welcome to Embolden, a podcast for the modern spiritual woman seeking to uplevel their life and be beautifully bold. I'm your host, Jess Carreri, spiritual businesswoman, intuitive mentor, oracle reader, and modern mystic. I am here to bring you conversations to embolden you to embody your highest self, create the life of your dreams, and come home to your divinity. If you are ready for some juicy downloads, inspiring conversations, and aha moments, then you are in the right place. Thank you so much for being with me today, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Hello, hello, and welcome back to another episode of Embolden the Podcast. I have just finished recording this interview, which you are about to hear with my dear friend, Cassandra Polkey of Visions of Cassandra and Alara Alchemy. Cassandra and I have been friends since the first day of our first week of our first year of university. It's been a while and we have had the most synchronistic and beautiful friendship. We became best friends pretty much immediately within like a week of knowing each other. We knew we were going to be together forever. We have traveled the world together. We have had some pretty epic experiences and conversations and this conversation is no different. We've also been on just such beautiful and parallel paths and just watching this woman really embody and own her gifts as a healer and stepping into this new modality of her womb harem massage has just been so powerful and profound. Let me introduce this woman to you who I know and love so dearly. Cassandra is a womb harem masseuse on the sunny coast and through her extensive journey with super intense cramping during her bleed, she knew that whatever modality benefited her, she would then practice and share with others. This is what led her into journeying deeper into the metaphysics of her womb space as well as the physical. Cassie is also a tarot reader and history graduate showcasing her love for sharing that information with others. She is incredible, a force to be reckoned with. This is a juicy podcast. We dive into all things cyclical living, um, reclaiming and healing the womb space. We talk about female pleasure. We talk about the ins and outs of womb massage. We talk about yoni steaming. We talk about the inadequacies of the education system in terms of educating young women about their reproductive organs. This is a conversation for everyone, whether you are a cisgendered woman, um, whether you identify as male, female, non-binary, this conversation will serve you. As Cassandra mentions in this interview, her modalities and the womb space is not just speaking about the physical womb. There is a womb energy in all of us, whether you are, you know, as I said before, male, female, gender non-conforming, what have you, whether you have had a hysterectomy, etc. Whether you have a physical womb or you don't have a physical womb, this conversation will still 
greatly benefit you. I will say a little bit of a trigger warning. We do touch lightly, very, very lightly and don't go into it too much, but I will just preface. We do um, mention trauma, sexual trauma um, as Cassandra's modality that she practices. The womb hara massage is beautiful in um, helping heal and support people who have experienced that. So if this is something that it will bring up any emotions for you, please listen with care. Um, There will also be some links to support and help in the show notes. And without further ado, let's get into this week's episode. Hello, my love. Hello. <laughs> Welcome to Wimbledon. How are you? I'm so good. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. I'm so excited to have you on. I would love to just open the floor before we dive into all of the juiciness to allow you to introduce yourself in your own words. Tell us a little bit about who you are what you do, how you came to do it, and all of that good stuff. I'd love to. So hello, I'm Cassie. Uh, some of you might know me from my alias name, Visions of Cassandra, <laughs> which is based <laughs> off of me, Cassandra, um, and ties in my love of history. I'm a history graduate, so it ties in um, Cassandra from Troy, from the um, Iliad. And you can look up her in your own time. She's very fascinating. Um, But yeah, I came to what I do now. So I do tarot readings. I do womb hara massage. And I've just started my own Patreon and podcast where I discuss a lot to do with history, magic, the occult, and what we now know as uh, neo-paganism and neo-witchcraft. Yeah, so I came to do womb hara massage only recently um I got my accreditation last year and had only been receiving massages from the year before that I believe yes um so I'm 23 and I entered my menarche which is the beginning of your bleed so when you start menstruating at the age 11 which is very very young Mm. um the general age and in quotes healthy age is around 13 And so it's quite young to start at 11. I know people that have started at eight and it's, yeah, it's all over the place, but through what I do and incorporation of Yoni steaming as well, you can really bring that back to 13 and Mm. kind of each phase of your womanhood holds such sacred lessons within it. And so Mm. it's like childhood. So really keeping that childhood sacred and then keeping the menarche sacred and then keeping the matriarchal aspect sacred as well. Mm. So since the beginning, I had experienced and still do on occasion, intense, intense, crippling, debilitating period pains on the first day, sometimes the second when it's quite heavy Mm. and nothing else in my cycle points to it being anything else, like not endometriosis, not PCOS. I haven't been tested I hadn't haven't been to any clinics to see that but just when you know in yourself and in your intuition and through again just the clinical signs it's not what I have but what it does point to for myself as well as many other women as well is what's called dysmenorrhea 
which for myself is a heavy bleed on the first couple of days, intense pain, that was the main indicator, uh, where you're not having any ovulation pain or any other pains before the cycle, but just on the bleed when it's your uterus is shedding. And yeah, fatigue, restless legs, numb legs, all of that. So that's what I'd experienced. I've been to kinesiologists. I've been to herbal medicine people. Um, I haven't been to <clears throat> like the doctors to receive any medication that's predominantly what they default to is giving you the pill for anything like that. And as I've said to many people, it's like I was 11 when I started. And when I was 13, 14 was when I started like breaking out as well in my face. And so often people would tell you to default to the pill. Like my derma, yeah, dermatologist. And well, actually she wasn't even a dermatologist, like clinical. She was just someone giving me a facial and told my mom, it's like, oh, just chuck her on the pill, clear her right up, clear up that blemish right up. And I was like, it's because I eat shit and I don't drink enough water. Like mm. I know that it's that and it's hormonal. And so, yeah, something that I think we'll discuss a little bit later as well is just the lack of mainstream knowledge about all of this. And yeah. it's if what I know now I knew then, oh my gosh. It mm. And so that's what I'm really passionate about right now with what I post as well. My womb page dedicated to this part of my work is called Alara Alchemy, mm. which Alara comes from my womb name that came through um, after a deep journey nine month journey of the wound space and it was announcing your womb name and the word that came through was Alara which I've never heard of before but it means water fairy <laughs> oh how special it's so cute <laughs> and then alchemy it just like my love of history as well and transforming one thing into another retransmuting an essence into something else transmuting pain into pleasure transmuting mm. stagnant stagnation into flow so yeah, it's just really resonant for that. So on that page, I post a lot about or am starting to post more frequently about women's health and that side of my passion mm. and leaving visions of Cassandra purely for astrology, tarot and all of that. Um, so, yeah, that's how I got into um, gaining more wisdom about this space because nothing was helping. And I, I knew deep down and from my upbringing, I didn't want to go down just medication I was on Ponstan, but then I became reliant on Ponstan. For those that don't know, it's an anti-inflammatory pill that you can take targeting your womb and creates quite a light bleed. And so again, it's just, it's artificial. And I personally in my body didn't want that. I wanted to get down to the root cause of it. And even young, that like a young age, I knew that there was something more to it. I was like, no, I, I feel like there's something in, that's not balanced. So what can I do to, to help that? Mm. And then I was working in at my, one of my previous places of work and this lady came in and she said what she was doing, like she's just gained her accreditation in what she called room hire massage. And I just had this overwhelming sense of like, oh my gosh, what? <laughs> and I can see the same effect that I had when I tell other people what I do. It's like this secret that women are then opened up to that there's a similar comment is said as well like that exists that's a thing yeah. that's a possibility what why didn't I know about this and so and it happens time and time again and it's such a beautiful practice 
that is fully external as well. A lot of people think it's Yoni mapping Mm. session, um, which is an internal session, but it's completely external and really beautiful and nourishing in on that space and on that field of things. And as her name's Tanya, she's on here. She's up here on the sunny coast as well. She's a beautiful, beautiful woman. She was explaining more about it. And again, it was just this overwhelming yes. I was like, you don't need to tell me more. Please, can I be your guinea pig? <laughs> Massage me. Yes, let's let's give it a go. Mm. And since then, I've just journeyed deeper into my womb space. I feel more embodied in so many more ways and connected and intuitive and being able to listen more to my intuition because it's not just on the pain that you're focusing on it's that's one little thing that's telling you hey look at me focus Mm. on me something's not right here there's something off stop shutting me out stop masking me with pain medication I've got I've got a voice of my own think of your womb as like a separate entity it's like screaming at you like hey listen to me Mm. stop shutting me off and then once you listen, it's such a beautiful connection and a relationship. And I feel so many women, and I, I'm sure yourself feel as well, you've received my massages. The after effect that you get from it is, yeah, that it's like that divine connection again is just, it's like you've plugged back in. Yeah. Because we've been unplugged for so long and it's like, okay, we're plugged back in. Let's go. Let's yeah. let this power just flow through us. It's so powerful. And thank you for sharing all of that. It's so fascinating to me to understand how people get to where they are. And I think it's important for everyone to kind of understand that you haven't just stumbled across this modality and been like, yeah, I'm going to be a Wumhara masseuse. You've like gone through this long journey of you know, healing naturally, trying and testing all these things that have and haven't worked and then found this beautiful thing. And I really resonated when you said that when you heard the woman say Wumhara massage and it was like, a, oh my God, yeah, I need that before even really knowing what it was. Cause I had a very similar experience when you first told me that that was what you were doing. I was like, I think that's for me. Like I just had a full body, like, oh yeah, I need to do that. And then I also had a very quick, like, is that an internal massage? Is that what's (laughs) going on? So I'm glad you clarified that. Not that there's anything wrong or, you know, whatever with an internal yoni mapping session. But I, I do know that most people that I tell, I'm like, oh, I got a womb massage. They think internal, Mm. But yes, not so anything to do with anatomy. And you well. can't internally <laughs> massage the womb. You that would hurt. That would hurt. Ouch! Yeah. <laughs> like so funny. So funny. Which I think is a beautiful segue into like not having the education around mm-hmm. anatomy and just just not having enough education in general to do with anything regarding the womb space, the female anatomy and the female cycle, like the menstrual cycle. I think that's something that, you know, we've had many conversations about that that has led to, you know, the pushing of the pill, which, you know, I'm not here to say is bad or good or whatever, but it it just shouldn't be a blanket immediate, you know, one size fits all. Mm. She's got PMS or a pimple. Let's give her the pill, you know? 
And I think that it's also led to so many other things that through my journey with you, through the womb massages has been just like unfolding layer by layer, this, this shame that I didn't even know was there and, and just ways of living as well of like pushing aside the bleed time and like pushing through it and just being like, oh, I'm not going to listen and all that sort of stuff. So it's so interesting to me. And now you have this beautiful education on the womb space and, and all of that. I would love to know for you either personally or what you've noticed in your clients, whatever you're more comfortable sharing, what is the journey and what is the, I guess, effect of walking this path of, of starting getting womb massages and tuning into the womb space, whether it's through massage or meditation or just awareness and how can, can we use that to help bring in more of a well-rounded education, I guess, mm. rather than a very clinical one-sided, I think, education, mm. if that makes any sense. No, definitely. Yeah. I feel like my little um, feminist side is kind of coming out <laughs> yeah <laughs> and it's the essence of I think a lot of the miseducation that mm. is around and it's it's from a, like the past century plus like there's been a severe lack of knowledge about women and our bodies um, about our fertility about just our cycles in general for so long and I feel as well because there's so much power in knowing your womb. <clears throat> there's so much power in connecting to your intuition. It's one of the most powerful sources in both men and women. Your intuition is so, so, so powerful. And the lack of knowledge, yeah, that I had at school, like we had personal development, um, I think, yeah, from year eight onwards, which was a little like a short lesson every so often where we would learn about sex and mm. periods and all of that. But there would come, it's very much like sex education, um, like the TV show is kind of what we got. And it was kind of more so abstinence rather than anything, yeah. not recognizing your pleasure, but also what that then perpetuates of not owning your pleasure in other areas, not just sexual desires it's pleasure in self-care routines and resting and treating yourself to particular things you know mm. or even just voicing our desires and what makes us feel good and yeah. both in sexual relations and also just in in daily life you know and yeah so for myself with the experience so I guess the one thing that really kickstarted my womb journey, apart from the pain, but recognizing that the womb holds a lot of stuff mm. <laughs> was I opened up a book. I can't remember what book it was. It might have been like a is it Louise Hayes, where it's talking about the metaphysic me metaphysical pains in your body and kind of what that means. And so mm. I looked at period pain and it was to do with suppression, suppression of desire, suppression of emotion uh, from trauma both past life and this life and myself the past life thing really grabbed my mm. attention and so I found someone that I did a past life regression with and that 
brought up a lot, which I know you were there for me and with me through that journey, a lot of stuff came up Mm. and it was a very traumatic past experience that came up, which the womb stores, which I'll get into as well. And so that process of recognizing the past hurt that I experienced in a past life, not necessarily in this life was like, okay, there's big stuff there. There, Mm. There's a lot of stuff hold there. And it's the place that you hold so much of your DNA. It's like you're, you're like the motherboard basically of who you are and the blueprint of who you are. So all of your mother's pain, grandmother's pain, great grandmother's pain, everything that they've been through, we also carry and that's epigenetics. Mm. And so it's stored in our DNA. It's stored in who we are, how we respond. It's in our subconscious. It's in our unconscious. And so this is one way of helping you clear that along with other modalities like rebirthing breathwork, mindfulness, all of that. It's not just one. Again, I think that's where we come from as well. It's not just a one size fit all this is Mm. going to help you with absolutely everything and this alone it takes a lot more to help with it like diet exercise mindfulness breathing and consciously choosing to overcome certain patterns as well when certain triggers come up yeah and when I first got my first hara massage womb hara massage the that day oh my gosh I experienced every emotion under the sun I was I felt like I'd just been cracked open I think I was ovulating at the time or near ovulation so like I had so much energy and like you know about two weeks off from my bleed but I felt like I was on like day one of my bleed Mm. in terms of emotions like I felt like my little like I'm a Scorpio rising what a cancer in my chart I felt like my shell was just non-existent and all my flesh was exposed Mm. and I was like ah (laughs) vulnerable I don't know how to feel I feel everything (laughs) and so it was just being with that unraveling being with that whatever was coming up and that's what I feel a lot of women have experienced as well not necessarily to the absolute t of what I experienced because it is very personal and um, whatever you've been through in your life will kind of make that experience a lot different but it's that connect it's that plug-in aspect I feel is you'll experience whatever you experience on a personal level um, when that plug is put into the socket and however you respond is is individual and so for me that's how it eventuated some women will just absolutely cry for the entire day some women just just want to be nurtured they're like oh I just feel really like I just need a lot of nourishment right now I just need grounding I need to go for a walk I need to go to the beach I just need a journal I just need to be with myself actually no I want to be with more sisters I don't want more like I don't really want a masculine presence around I just need to be with sisters so it's very different but it's so beautiful to witness as well and just the one thing that my clients make reference to when I ask them what brings you in the going theme is I want to feel more connection to my womb I want to feel more connected to myself and it's so beautiful that we have this awareness now of having modalities that assist with that to connect with our womb space to connect with our lineage and connect with 
ancestral pain and trauma and act as a catalyst to help our future generations not have to necessarily carry that or carry what we are carrying. That's my big passion is kind of trying to clear as much of that as possible so my offspring can have a fighting chance. Amazing. (laughs) But yeah, there's just, there's so much power. And I say it's the womb's a muscle. Mm. And so when this is like, it's for people, I explain it in this way, just because we are in a very masculine way of mind still. And so we kind of need more logic to it instead of a lot of the time just trusting. But how I explain it is the womb's a muscle. So you know yourself when your shoulders get really tense through stress. And or when you're going through a really, really stressful time, you feel like you've got a lot of responsibility, you're just weighed down and stressed and all of that, your shoulders get very tense and you get really tense traps and knots and all of that. Mm. So that's one energy or that's where you store that energy. And then a lot of women's around our hips is the biggest, that's where we store like a lot Yes. <laughs> I'm just for those of you listening, I'm pointed at myself because every time Cassandra massages me, she's like, Your ass and your hips are so tight. <laughs> They're so tight and so cold. There's no energy here. <laughs> and not not in like a ooh, tight butt, like in a like, oh my God, you need to like <laughs> let go. You need to breathe. <laughs> because yeah, and so you think everything around that area of your hips, your back, and your your sacrum and your mm. abdomen and your hara. So that's what we call our hara is kind of this diamond shape from your sternum. So like uh, in between the gap of where your ribs start splitting and then to each side, so to your waist and then down to your womb in that diamond shape, that's your hara. And so then the womb is obviously at the very bottom of that diamond. And so the hara is both in men and women. It Mm -hmm. is that full energetic space that the chi flows in and uh, the chi like the vital life force that flows and it holds all of our organs which stores all of their own emotions and processes and digests everything not just food and so that's how men can or just people that don't have a womb space or don't have the physical womb anymore can still benefit from this is because it's massaging and dealing with that whole area and if you have had say a hysterectomy or any anything like that whereas just there's been significant trauma to that space or you've had that female anatomy taken out you still have that energetic imprint there yeah and so it's still working whether you're not going to be neglected you're not missing out you can still really really benefit from it and men 100 as well because it's your belly button as well mm. that we work with and you were connected to your mama connected to or to someone that you were in a womb space and you were fed the genetic coding Mm. and had that nourishment received through the umbilical cord so we were all part of a womb you know and a lot of us have wombs and so the womb yeah is the muscle that stores all of our hurt all of our trauma all the times that we felt neglected all the times we were misunderstood all the times we were broken up with or we broke up with people we've experienced grief and death everything all the pain and trauma we've stored in this space and the hips as well stores our frustration and our anger which we go through a lot and especially 
I know myself mm. as a cis woman, a lot of the time we suppress our emotions like all buggery. We suppress a lot. And that mm -hmm. when you think of suppressing, I'm just doing the gesture from like my head downwards. You're yeah. pushing it down. And so where are you pushing it to? You're pushing it to your hips and to your womb. And mm. so it's then storing and creating the stagnation that through this massage is trying to release. And then you then feel the emotional response from said release that can then yeah. perpetuate into other areas of your life from how you show up, how you respond and how you react and filtering through all of the bullshit as well and limiting yeah. beliefs because you're listening to your womb space. Yeah. Yeah. It is really so powerful. And I have so many things like floating around in my brain right now that I want to bring down, but I'll try to like make it concise. <laughs> the first thing is like, I just want to say that it is so true. Like I, my first experience with the womb harem massage, I've only ever been massaged by the beautiful Cassandra. So my testimony is Cassandra's testimony. <laughs> um, but the first time I had a massage. I remember during it, I just felt this great softening. And there was this incredible moment where I lost sight or consciousness of where my body ended and the rest of the room began. And it was like this, and, and that might sound a bit scary, but it was this beautiful, just like opening of oh, I don't feel like I'm trapped in this little box. I don't feel constricted. I actually feel like unfolded, like I'm unfolding into like who I'm meant to be. I'm taking up the space. I'm, it was just so beautiful. And, and I felt like I didn't feel emotional in the sense of like crying. I actually felt like I fully softened and was sitting in this feminine energy in a way that I never had before. Like, you know, when you see women that are, wise and sure of themselves they're not bothered by other people they're just like yep cool I felt like that like maybe for the first time truly mm -hmm. and it started this desire for me to continue that and through the massage and through other work it has really opened and unfolded me into reclaiming what it means to me to be a woman and reclaiming my relationship with my womb space, with my bleed, my cycle. So I just wanted to add that in there as well. That it was just, it's just been the most beautiful unfolding and opening I feel in my life. And another thing I wanted to touch on was the pain, right? So we, we're talking about the fact that the pain can come from suppression and of emotions and all sorts of things. But I don't know if you had the similar experience, but like when I was learning about menstruation. We learned not a whole lot. Bless my mother. She gave me books and answered all of my questions, but the education system didn't do a fantastic job. But I remember just like learning that pain was normal, that like you were just always going to have very bad period pain. Some women were just unlucky if they had it to the debilitating you know, level that you have experienced and explained. And I, I'm only realizing like within probably the last year and a half, maybe two years, that that's BS, that it's mm. not quote unquote, like normal for us mm. to be crippling, like crippled by this pain mm. every single month. 
And I just find it so fascinating that we've known that forever. Like women have known that forever, but we've just been told like, oh, this is just how it is. Like, just get on with it, move on. Here's the pill or here's something else like to fix it. And I went to extreme lengths. Like I was on the pill from, I think, 13, 14 to 21. So a significant amount of time. And I still was like, I don't want a period. I'm done with this. Mm -hmm. It's inconvenient. Mm -hmm. It hurts. I don't like it. So I was like, yeah, I was so disconnected to it that I was like, my life would be so much better if I didn't have this thing in the way. So I'm just going to, I'm going to do my research and figure out what I can do to get rid of it. I would skip it with the pill, which you can do. It's probably not fantastic, but you can because the pill, the the bleed that you have on the pill isn't even a real period, Mm -hmm. which was another thing that I learned only after coming off of the pill. Like, how does that work? But you still bleed. I was like, what the (laughs) fuck? Anyway, that's a whole mother. (laughs) Oh my God, pin that. But then I got the IUD and that, like my main reason for that was like birth control, but also the appealing thing for me was I didn't want to take as much hormonal contraception. I thought it would be less and it would be the better option. Plus one of the big things that appealed to me was that my period would probably go like most women on the IUD just don't have a bleed for like five years. And I was like, that suits me perfectly. Mm -hmm. Let's do it. Got the IUD I think three, for three weeks, this is like warning of blood talk. For three weeks, I bled profusely, like heavier than any period. I was in such agonizing pain to the point where I actually literally, like the specialist told me this. I'm not just exaggerating. I literally gave birth to the IUD device. Like my body was contracting and it came out. I went to get it done again because I was like, oh, maybe they didn't just put it in right. And my, I went to a different woman, a different specialist, and she actually said to me, she was like, your body isn't letting this happen. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's going in and your body is literally shooting it back out. Like you, this is, I am not going to be able to get this in. This isn't for you. And I remember just sitting there feeling so upset and so devastated pissed off to no end too because it was freaking expensive it was such a painful experience such a long freaking annoying journey but now I'm I'm sitting here thinking about it and I've thought about this many times since then of what a fucking blessing that was the body knows the body knows and like most of my work and what has truly changed my life has been like working with my cycle, cycle mapping. And, and it's been such a gift to be able to receive your womb massages. And it's just been like, I, I, just healing that relationship to something that I once wanted to just fucking get rid of mm-hmm. and not have to deal with to now. Like, and I tell people this and I, sometimes I think they think I'm stupid, but I'm like, my period is like my cycle is so sacred and Mm. actually when I'm bleeding is probably one of my most favorite times because (laughs) I love it I fucking I love I have such a different like Mm. respect for it now and and I just think it's so interesting and and I'm going on a bit of a cosmic ramble here about that but I, I just really think that it's important to like talk about that about how important the work you're doing is 
because it really is like it's an opportunity for people and for women out there who are listening to this and maybe they resonate with my story or even your story of excruciating pain, mine of complete disconnect and like indifference even to my period. I was like, I don't care if it's there, whatever, that there is an alternative that doesn't require you to spend thousands of dollars Mm. and, you know, alter your body hormonally for potentially ever. Mm. There's a way to actually heal your relationship with it and then heal potentially that pain or resentment, et cetera. And I, I know that's my story, but I, I was wondering if you have any other examples from what you've seen from other clients, because I know, you know, it's a collective feminine, I guess, woman experience, cis woman experience, mm-hmm. I will say, but we all experience it in varying degrees though. Mm-hmm. I think like it's unique to us, but also collective, if that makes sense. Definitely. And I think there's, when you come from a place of really accepting your bleed and transmuting it to it being a sacred time, something that gets me really, I guess like emotional and as well empowered is that this is something that has happened to all the women before me. This is like one of the one consistent things (laughs) that you're not alone. And I guess that's the same with birth as well. When you're going through birth of like, oh my gosh, the women before me have done this. This is how I came into the world. I Mm. haven't experienced giving birth yet, but this is what I'm imagining, you know, and finding empowerment in that. And so with this bleed is coming from a magical sense. There's so much wisdom in that, Mm. in that portal of you bleeding. There's so much wisdom. And I think that's why people say when you're bleeding, you're the most intuitive, you're the most open and connected to source because you are, you're connecting to, all the women before you that have experienced this in all time and space that have been shunned, have been called, that have called it the curse, like in the seventies, that's what my mom's experience. I'll be like, oh, she's on a curse Um, or on the rags, you know, so sad, degrading, ending and um, yeah, dehumanizing the experience. And, Mm. but then also all the wisdom, like you hear the stories and some semi-fictional stories as well of um, women in many, many, many years ago in ancient times of it being quite a sacred time. I know in the Maldi experience, um, the men would hold space for the women that were bleeding. The men were the ones that would be the, the wisdom keepers. Oh, not the, yeah, the wisdom keepers are kind of keeping the wisdom, you know, mm-hmm. of the women that are bleeding. And in a lot of other indigenous cultures, it's a very similar thing. Or the women that were ovulating were the ones in the red tents holding space for the bleeding women. And then that mm-hmm. would then shift for then the other women that were ovulating to hold space for the women. And yeah, growing up, as I said, in the like the PD courses, it was the bare minimum that we were taught. Like, I think I know more about male anatomy than female anatomy. Oh, a hundred percent. We literally got, we got a diagram of the uterus, like of the whole reproductive system of the female reproductive system and got pointed to like, this is the ovaries that this is what they do. This is what this does. This is this. 
And then same with we had the male anatomy, but they went into less detail. I think they thought if we knew less about it, we wouldn't do anything (laughs) with it. And the boys, like, this is another rant for another Mm. time, but the boys had like such an in-depth, you know, conversation. My school was actually really good with the boys around like consent and like this Mm. is the difference between, you know, porn and real life and this is what you will feel and what is happening when you're feeling these Mm. things and this is what your body's doing. Whereas we, like our version of, of, we had this thing called right journey and it was like, you know, your rite of passage in becoming a man and a woman. And the men like went on outdoor adventures and like built shit and did all these cool things. And we knitted, we knitted, we knitted. And not only did we knit, we didn't talk about periods. We didn't talk about that. We talked about childbirth and how, how we could have that to look forward to. And I just remember sitting there going, what the fuck? <laughs> like it's so outdated. Like the journey to becoming a man was such like an exciting thing. And they were all like, fuck yeah, we're we've we've got, you know, we know all these things about sex and about our bodies. And I was like, I know how to point to an ovary on a on a 2D chart, but also didn't know what the frick the clitoris was or where it was or how big it was or what it did or why it was there and all that sort of stuff. Like you said earlier you learned about the, you know, cycle and reproductive system but not about pleasure and that's something that I'm really diving into at the moment in my own life of like, you know, I had extensive chats with my mum about, you know, what everything was and thank God because, again, the school system didn't do a fantastic job. But there was also never a conversation about pleasure and about, that that doesn't just have to be sexual. It also isn't dirty. And it's also not just something that men want. Because mm-hmm. I think I grew up thinking, oh, it's okay for a man to want pleasure and to have that desire. But the minute a woman does or a girl does, because at that time we were like 15, like that's a bad thing. Like that's mm-hmm. not, women shouldn't have that. And I think that comes into the suppression and the the pain in the womb and the just that disconnect I, I feel. And yeah, it's just so interesting. Like, yeah. I, I feel like honestly, we could talk about the shortcomings of the, <laughs> the school system and the medical system, I guess, in educating mm. us on our wombs and, and all of that forever. But I do want to move on from that <laughs> and talk more about the beautiful work that you do and, and how, you know, you're helping and healing and just opening up women, not, not even just women. Cause I really love that you said before that this isn't just a modality for people who have a physical womb. It's for everyone. We all have a womb space. And, and I find that really important in, you know, being inclusive of all beings of all gender identifying, you know, human beings. It's not just limited to cis gendered women. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one of the most beautiful things is it's, it's there for cis gendered women, but it's not limited to serving just that one group. Mm. And I think that there's something so beautiful in that. Um, I really would love to talk to you about just what have you seen from clients 
in their journeys and, you know, maybe even just in, in your journey as well of, I, I spoke a little bit about how it has affected me and unfolded this, this discovery of womanhood, I guess mm. you could say in myself, but in your experience, like, I, I guess I'm, I'm wanting to know this for also the people listening who have never experienced this, who are like, I don't know if this is for me, like, what what are the things that your clients are, are are seeing from their journey of receiving these massages and in healing their relationship to their womb? There have been such beautiful breakthroughs that I've witnessed in the process of massaging, like it, people crying on the table with breakthroughs, and it's so beautiful to witness. There's people that have had visions come up because what we call the stirring of the inner cauldron so the massage works around the abdominal area predominantly and so we're stirring that inner cauldron we're stirring stuff up Mm. getting it all dislodged kind of think of like a a stagnant body of water like a pond of some sort you know it's a bit murky bit dirty and so we're sticking our hand in that (laughs) and making a whirlpool stirring that cauldron bringing everything down from the bottom up to the surface Mm -hmm. and recognizing not attaching any stories to it that's a big thing that we say in a lot of like trauma work as well because I do work with a lot of women that have had significant trauma in their life so we're not trying to attach any meaning to it we're not wanting to revisit those situations we're just allowing the body to bring up that suppressed emotion that you might have bypassed or just really pushed down because you don't want to deal with it it's too much Mm. bringing that back up to the surface to release from the body and that's like me when I was cracked open I was like I don't know why I'm crying but I'm just crying I don't know why I'm feeling this way but I just am Mm. and it could just be an accumulation of multiple stories that's saying the same emotion that you're then releasing I've experienced yeah people that have had more clarity on their patterns being like oh my gosh and because there's um sometimes I have the offering of doing a womb guided meditation that's in three parts across three sessions of into the womb space looking into parts within the body as well that's storing an energy and just being curious with that and then the divine connection between the cosmic earth and the cosmic womb space above and during the womb garden is one of my favorite ones because I I, it's, I love it I love it <laughs> I get the client to journey into the womb space and it looks so different from client to client because it's your own individual mm-hmm. space and more often than not at the beginning they go into the space and it's a whole visualization process and the space is barren, it's got weeds, it's got thorns, it's cold, it's dry, or it's so wet that it's like almost floody and like misty and all that. And then we journey with each of the elements. And before the session with doing like the contraindications and looking at, I mean, what the client is going through and what they're experiencing, I can kind of gain an understanding of what element they're needing to focus more on. And that's just a way of channeling energy as well. And so this one client, it was with fire. They were really needing fire and they were um, experiencing 
they've got uh, PCOS. And so journeying to the ovary and really bringing the ovary up as its separate entity to ask why, like, why are you hurting? Why are you here? Why aren't you like flowing? Why aren't you, why is the energy not moving? What, what am I holding on to? And the breakthroughs that that client then had was so beautiful of like, oh my gosh, this is why I'm responding in this way. This is, I didn't realize this, I was holding on to this emotion. I understand why this is here and why this message keeps coming up in the form of a PCOS and in a cyst form. And mm. then, yeah, people that have uh, experienced trauma with particular, particular family members of after these sessions and journeyings with meditation, they then have an understanding of how to approach the person and opening up conversations for myself as well. It's really helped with like, I gained so much medicine from giving this mm. massage as well. Like I haven't received one of these massages since my training where I was getting one every day. It was so yummy. Oh, stop. <laughs> I'm That's like, the yes, dream. You can massage me. <laughs> you can wrap me in Merbozo, go for it. And I experience, and it's the same with tarot readings as well. Like I gain so much as I can share as well. And there's always a piece of wisdom in it for me and more insight into my own, my own journey. And for me with, yeah, with the pain, like what you were saying earlier, like it's not normal. We were told that it's normal. It's the curse. It's, it's just, it's just something that you've got to deal with. It's going to be with you forever. And I'm like, I don't want this to be forever. No, thank you. How can my mom not experience pain but then one of her like high school friends like hemorrhage and then mm. how can I experience this debilitating pain which um I think I said at the beginning in our kind of pre-show talk before our internet wasn't working we had some tech difficulties <laughs> <laughs> I had this one experience where the pain like the pain can be so bad that I throw up or like this one time, like I passed out from it. Like I just, I completely mm. blacked out and hit my head on the wall and was just like, oh my gosh, what's happening? And I got to like crawl myself to the bathroom because I was so scared. <laughs> and I just dropped myself to the floor because I was like, I'm going to faint. I have never experienced this before. And I just dropped myself to the ground because I knew that that was going to be safe and then kind of hit my head because I was like dizzy and everything. And that was horrible. Um and yeah, like restless legs, I can't feel my legs. And a lot of that has subsided because of this modality of understanding my womb, mm. understanding where I need to speak my truth and not suppress emotions. That's my, like personally, that's why I feel I experience pain along again, you know, with exercise and diet, because I've experienced that as well, where I've eaten a lot of fatty, greasy junky food in a cycle the pain is, is can be a lot more difficult mm. to manage as opposed to a lot more of like a cleaner diet and when throughout the cycle I feel like whatever you deal with in the cycle like the uh, 27 days before the first day of bleed on generally the 28th day will determine the pain and this is in my own understanding as well. So during that cycle, if I haven't spoken my truth, if I haven't said what's on my mind or in my body, what I would, was needing to say or what, even just voicing an emotion that's coming up and not having to deal with it yourself, just voicing it, um, honoring your desires, honoring your pleasure, asking for, hey, this is going to give me pleasure. Can mm -hmm. you do it? 
Um, and again, that can be in the bedroom, outside of the bedroom. And for give me, me a piece of cake. That's, give me a piece of cake. That's all I need. Coffee because I don't <laughs> want to drive. <laughs> so can you do that for me? Um, and honoring that and there's no shame in it. I think that's where a lot of it comes down to is because there's so much embedded shame within our body, within ourself. And it's a big passion of mine to help women overcome that. Mm. And it's not a giant leap. It's little steps. Yeah. So I know for, <laughs> I know for myself, um, one of the biggest sort of, so like going back to like anatomy and female or just female pleasure, I had, never really heard about the clitoris mm. it, it just I, I don't know who is she who is she but I knew about her and I loved her <laughs> but then I opened up this anatomy book and I saw like the anatomy of the clitoris and I was like oh that's dirty don't don't let anyone know that I've looked at this I wouldn't know what I'm looking at but it was that one it was just that one point that mm. one point of the entire yoni that mm. I zoned in on and felt shame around. Yeah. Because that was the point that for my point at that time gave me pleasure. Mm. Nothing else around the, like the labia, the like actual vaginal canal, nothing like that. It was just that one tiny little bean. Isn't that funny though, that like uh-huh. the whole part and only the, the one tiny little point of it that is riddled with so much shame and this obviously not speaking for everyone but I had a very similar experience was the thing that brought pleasure it Mm. wasn't the rest of it because I was like oh that serves a purpose it's for a baby to come out of one day but this part is just that's what that's for and that's dirty and shameful and bad and Mm. well that goes into a lot of um, different cultures as well with female mutilation that's why they get rid of it is because it brings pleasure and taking that away from the person to purely have a purpose for like giving birth it's like that's your only purpose is to do that and so for myself like that with the clitoris and because it's not just that one tiny little section like it extends down around the the whole labia as well it's quite big it's ginormous it's huge huge clit (laughs) big clit energy fuck big dick energy what the hell (laughs) Honestly, and like we have, I said, oh, I forgot the actual statistic of it. I think it's like 8,000 nerve endings, which is twice or four times more than the penis. We'll have to corroborate check that. with our friend Jamie, who is studying naturopathy. I'm trying to get her on the podcast because she knows every fact of that. Google this. Let's Google it. But it is. It's it's something like it's it's so much more than so many more nerve endings than the male reproductive system. Yet yeah. somehow we've been told as women, even with having all of that, that mm. we're not allowed to have the pleasure. Yeah. So Google huh? the top search. Uh, Eight thousand nerve endings okay. at the tip of the clitoris. So that one tiny little bean section. That's double. The number of that in the penis yes yes what? women powerhouse and so with this massage i work on the coccyx which works on the pendinal nerve which connects uh, which is a huge nerve that connects the coccyx to the clitoris and so any damage which a lot of women have on the coccyx from horse riding bike riding falling over skateboarding all mm. of that 
I know I've fallen over a lot <laughs> on my ass and you can, it can really damage that nerve. And so working on that nerve can be, can feel quite sharp sometimes yeah. can feel numb can feel, I can feel something. It's neither here nor there. I'm kind of confused at this feeling because <laughs> it's not, I'm not in, in your actual, but I'm like above it. Yeah. So working on that nerve can then, you think like it's a it's a nerve and so if you think any damage done is kind of blocking off the receptors Mm. so trying to open that back up which can then create so much more pleasure for the woman from either her own stimulation or with a partner Mm. and that is a big passion of just normalizing it because I know our stories and yeah what I was going to say before a big thing for me was honestly even just opening up the conversation with you about female pleasure and being mm. like hey um I know like myself when I do this <laughs> and then you're like oh my god yeah I, I did that like the other day or like <laughs> you know just, it was like, and this was experience. a this was a recent conversation too this wasn't like four years ago like there's been like times last, it was like last year or something and yeah we've been friends since like 2016 and it was like the first time that we actually actually discussed it or like shared yeah like admitted out loud that that is something that has happened before whereas yeah. I like I was friends with a lot of dudes in high school I had a lot of good male friends I knew what they were doing when mm. they were doing it they told me what kinds of videos were being watched yeah, while it was yeah. happening but then the the minute they found out that there was a a girl that was god forbid self-pleasuring it was like disgusting horrible oh my god so I think that was something that we both had very much like you know we were like 22 or something years Mm -hmm. old but still being like um so this is bring it yeah (laughs) we were in we were like in a very private space but it was like hushed tones like don't let anyone oh my god and it was just this absolute I don't know if if, if same experience for you Mm -hmm. but for me I was like what if she says she doesn't do that and then I'm just this horrible but I think it's like I'm loving now that there is definitely more conversations being had than I think ever before Mm -hmm. about female pleasure both in the sexual sense but just in general of like life can be pleasurable and not sexual but it can also be sexual and that's Mm. okay too and you're worthy of the pleasure and you're worthy of it it's not gross it's not bad you You deserve deserve it it. you've got eight thousand nerve endings on your clit alone that's twice more than men what the fuck do you think it's there for (laughs) speaking of our friend jamie she is just a wealth of wisdom about Mm. all things anatomy she's studying naturopathy incredible she always talks about the fact that the clitoris is literally only there for pleasure. Mm. There's literally no other function that it has. So the idea that it's wrong for us to use it for that purpose is absolutely insane because there's literally yes. <laughs> no other purpose that it could be serving. Mm. Like that's, that's its only thing. It doesn't do anything else mm. <laughs> other than feel nice and yeah. give pleasure. So it's just so interesting, again, talking about the freaking failings of the education and and all of that sort of thing. I want to quickly touch on before we wrap up, because I know we could talk for literally hours and I'm sure you'll be back. I, I, I would love for you to come back on the podcast. 
But I know myself, and as we were just speaking, like we had a lot of shame around, you know, female pleasure, but there's so many women out there that are still grappling with such shame around just their cycle, just having a period, just even having a freaking vulva and vagina and uterus is enough Mm. to have shame. And I want to ask if, if that is something that through this modality, well, first of all, if someone is experiencing that, say there's a woman out there listening and, and, and she's carrying some form of shame around her body to do specifically with the womb or vagina or whatever, what would you recommend? Where is the starting point Mm. for this woman to heal her relationship with her cycle and her womb? We've talked about so many different modalities, including the massage, but what would you recommend going forward, like step-by-step, I Mm. guess, And then also for those who cannot financially or physically access a womb massage, like what is, what's the process? What do we tell these people? Yes. Uh, What came up very strongly was curiosity. Mm -hmm. So if you do experience shame or if you view your period in a particular way that isn't in the form of it being beautiful and sacred, (laughs) be curious as to why you feel that way. Mm. If you can look at where that might come from, do you deep down believe that? And why do you believe that? Is it from the school system? Is it because Mm. the lack of education you might, or understanding that you have about the space? Is it from your upbringing from a belief system or just your parents projection onto it I know myself of like my mum saying that she didn't have any knowledge about it she thought she was dying when she first got her bleed like my mum had, had the same thing no idea yeah, yeah she was just like I, I thought I was dying and then when I told my mum she was like oh yeah here's a pad this is what's going to happen for the rest of your life yeah <laughs> how and horrible yeah and like my mom had a sister and like an older sister and even with that didn't know and Mm. like she just had a book and I think all of us kind of have a book and that's like the secret of just this one or like one of a couple books like slid across the table of like like, here mm -hmm, you go you You navigate this yourself (laughs) yeah yeah and now we've got google and it's amazing so (laughs) getting curious as to why you feel that way and then start it's as simple as just starting even following particular people on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Uh, Yoni Pleasure Palace is a beautiful company and Rosie Pardo is beautiful to follow, all about female pleasure, mm-hmm. all about it. And it's kind of even taking the step to follow an account that's promoting sex toys <laughs> and promoting female pleasure. And she's in a same-sex relationship, so really it's all about female pleasure Mm. (laughs) or yoni pleasure and so that in itself can be like an act of I'm reclaiming my pleasure and no one really goes into your account to see who you follow either Mm. and it's really good that yoni eggs are really popular now and you can even use that as a justification 
for why you follow this account. But I'm not there for the sex toys. I'm there for the yoni eggs because <laughs> that and the other. What whatever you need to kind of take those little baby steps to the toe in the water. It's the toe in the water. Yeah, and yeah. So it's like doing those little things. And for me, what has really really helped is breathing into the womb space. So take some time mm. out of your day or week. And just place your hands on your womb. Just, and it's a tiny, tiny little thing. It's a tiny, tiny little thing about like an inch from your pubic bone, just up. It's just there. And then the ovaries are, are on either side. So just placing your hands on your womb space, getting into a comfortable position and breathing into that space. And even just asking it, what, what do you want to, what, what do you want? What do you want? Mm what do you want me to know yeah what do you want to feel right now and just going with whatever takes place you might want to breathe deeper you want might want to start even just stroking yourself like mm. on your arms like just light touches on your arms hugging yeah. yourself you might want to just move your hips more you might want to move your chest more just go with whatever you feel and make sure you feel safe in the environment that you're doing that in mm. so then you don't feel like someone's going to walk in on you as you you, you want to feel safe and yeah. that's the biggest thing I think of entering into this space is to feel safe because we feel very unsafe with this space due to our conditioning yeah and so because you know you feel like there's shame and it's dangerous shame and mm. danger that's associated with this space so that's why you need that safety so do whatever you feel set the tone nice you might want to put some music on you might want to light a candle and all you're doing is just breathing you don't have to do anything else just go with your body even if you just want to breathe into the space and then you'll then start to realize that that act alone of just bringing your awareness into your womb can create a beautiful catalyst for other events to take place of before you make a decision you can place your hand on your womb take a breath and center yourself into that space and be like no I don't want to do this or I actually want to do this or mm. I want to do that making decisions based from that place alone or even if you make it out of your head but you decide actually I want to do something else honoring that above yeah. all else as well honoring mm. your decision making and mm. deciding actually no it's okay that's like a big consent thing as well it's okay to say yes and then to say no and honor that no mm. do not push through anything don't push through your yeses um, or false yeses um and just giving your belly some rubs <laughs> I love belly rubs. Give your belly some rubs. I know when I'm bleeding and if there's pain, what is what I feel is really nurturing is just light strokes kind of mm. going from side to side from the ovaries to the hip bones. Yeah. Just really gentle strokes. And that's really beautiful as well. Um, it's just opening your awareness up is the key. And that's why I say of bringing your awareness into the womb through those exercises and following accounts because that can that's healing in itself I think yeah. education and it. information right like yeah. we're talking about the fact that there's this lack of information and and education failings but now it's the time to you know 
take the responsibility and and there's there's sources out there there's people mm. out there like yourself as well like I recommend everyone listening to follow Cassandra's pages which will be in the show notes because that in itself like you're saying is like that's edu- re-educating yourself mm. and and that for me has been so powerful of of even following women that are so in there you know, feminine embodiment and so comfortable talking about the womb space and the power it holds that even if it's a bit confronting, following anyway, allowing yourself to be uncomfortable and to be triggered a little bit and be a little bit grossed out, like, like stay there. Like I follow so many women that I used, like there was so many times where I almost unfollowed them because they freaking like I don't love the word triggered, but they they literally triggered something within mm. me of like, I don't want to see that. I don't, and not like grotesque things, but just them being so com- comfortable speaking about pleasure or speaking about their womb space or their cycle. And I'm so glad I didn't unfollow them because now some of those women are my most favorite accounts that mm. I go to regularly for information. So I'll also link you know, we'll have a conversation, Cassandra and I, and we'll put some other women down that are good to follow. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's it's about understanding too, I think, the fact that it is, especially if there's a lot of shame and if you have had a very similar story to, I guess, many women in this day and age where the education was better than it used to be, but still kind of, you know, not complete it is going to be uncomfortable, I think, and it may be confronting and know that that's okay. That's just a part of the process. I know for me even, like I'm a very open person to many things and even when I first came for a massage, I remember being so like I had so many things coming up of like what is this? What's going to happen? I don't know if this is like and I love you and trust you mm. with all of my being, but there was still that part of shame of like, I'm getting a womb massage. <laughs> like even just the, yeah. the fact that it was called that was enough for me to be like, what the fuck am I doing? It brought very like, I don't know. It brought to mind like how people reacted when Gwyneth Paltrow said she was Yoni steaming. Yes. <laughs> Like everyone was like, what the fuck is that? But in a very like judgy way, I had that as well. I was like, oh, is this some weird, you know, which I can say it's not even Yoni steaming is something I've recently just had my first one with the beautiful Cassandra. Let me tell you something about the Yoni steaming. Everyone needs to experience it. Mm. I recommend it to everyone. Gwyneth knows what the F she's talking about. Mm. Also, she didn't invent them. They've been around for freaking so long. So long. Don't knock it till you with, try. <laughs> one thing with Yoni steaming, which is interesting, is it was initially for men. <laughs> well, I was going to say, I came home. This is, Tom doesn't listen to the podcast, bless him. So he's not going to know that I talked about it with him. But I literally came home to Tom and I was like, I think you would like it. Like, I mm. loved it. I feel like I can only imagine what it would feel like for a man, but I, 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 I believe it would be a similar nice experience yeah well there's I've got a blend that's a prostate blend and because when you're Mm -hmm. sitting down with this little opening on top of the little chair you think where you're sitting and the areas that are steaming it's like your butt it's (laughs) (laughs) the area in between your butt and your vagina (laughs) 
<laughs> and oh it's your God. vagina. And so all of those beautiful areas that rarely see properly the light of day, mm. the darkest areas of ourselves, the often neglected parts of ourselves that need nourishment are exposed. And then the steam, kind of like when you, I don't know, I know this is how I, when I was congested, I'll put my head over a steaming bowl of hot water yeah. with some eucalyptus in it. And that would open up the sinuses to then help the movement happen. So it's a very similar process. And I know a lot of the uh, concerns around yoni steaming is predominantly around one, it's effectiveness, but also mm. the burning. And if there's burning. I'm worried about that. Yeah, <laughs> me too. But it's, it's, if it's burning, why are you still sitting on it? Yeah. And that's what I said to you. I was like, if it's starting to feel uncomfortable in the sense of, ow, I don't really feel comfortable with this, mm. get up. Isn't that a metaphor for life as women yes. though? It's like we put ourselves, sure. we sit on a steaming bowl of water when it's uncomfortable, like get up. Mm. And that's Whereas like we've been told, clients. it's like, just stay yeah. there, push through it. It's like, no, your vagina's burning. Your vulvas are burning. Get up. <laughs> yeah. And that's what I, I say to my clients at the beginning of sessions or during the session as well. I'm like, if at any point you feel uncomfortable or that it's too painful, like the pressure or you want more, tell me. Yeah. And ask for it to work through that exercise of opening up the throat chakra as well. Mm. And I, or just opening up the, your voice section to really honor actually I'm uncomfortable right now because that's my big thing I've really I didn't ask for help at school with assignments I was like no and so yeah with the burning it's like you're too proud and yeah it initially started with men and uh like pharaohs and like Mm. kings and then it went as a more feminine based practice I love that Um, look at you your little history yeah. This is this. We're going to have another episode just with history stuff because Cassandra could blow some minds with some of the <laughs> stuff she knows. But I also want to say, please don't try yoni steaming at home if you yeah. have not received any training. Because um, I've seen a lot of people try to like have done it at home without actually doing proper research. Mm-hmm. I advise strongly against that. I know you would also as well. Um, but if you're interested in womb hara massage or yoni steaming check out the beautiful Cassandra quick reference to my teachers as well because of course it's just a big like it's it's a lineage and I just owe so much to Natalie um, Zuckerman who I'll link in the show notes below she's the creator of this massage that I do the integrative room massage she is just a beautiful woman who has had like 20 plus years experience with different modalities shamanism she's trained in the lineages so it's not appropriating she's trained she's asked permission it's a cultural exchange of so many practices Um, with the rebozo that I do at the end it was um, a cultural exchange from Mm. Mexico by um, predominantly Angelina Martinez Miranda who was a traditional um, Mexican midwife who does rebozo Mm. which is a beautiful wrap that I do at the end of the closing of the bone ceremony reclaiming parts of your soul into yourself um I'll tag all of these women as well below but Michelle and Naomi who um shared their mock Sebastian and Yoni steaming with me as well all of these people hold so much integrity to their art and their practice and Mm. hold so much reverence to it as well so I'm just 
eternally grateful for them and just so grateful to be part of this lineage and to be sharing their wisdom and my wisdom with you beautiful listeners of Jess's podcast. So thank you for opening up this discussion, my love. You're so welcome. Thank you so much. As mentioned many times throughout this episode, uh, you can find Cassandra on all of the links that will be down below. I believe Instagram's the best way to reach you, but you also have some exciting things coming out very soon. Could you quickly tell us about that and how people can work with you, find you, book a massage, all of those things? Amazing. So how you can find me is Instagram, the show is mm-hmm. below. How you can book a reading or a massage is through said links in my bio <laughs> on Instagram. <laughs> it's, it's all there. Um the exciting things that I have that are launching for our time right now, the time that we're recording is this week in time of the Pisces new moon. I'm releasing my very own podcast dedicated to all things history and things that I'm interested in, socio-political stuff and magic and the occult, all of that, um, as well as a Patreon account, which will help support me doing the podcast, but also is another modality for me to share more extensive writings and videos. I'll be offering weekly, monthly readings um, and horoscopes and, uh, yeah, just little bits of wisdom around like herbs, animals, magic, spells, the actual arts and crafts of doing I'm just doing in quotes witchcraft because my whole podcast episode is on that very topic um or discussing the witch wound and yeah it's an exciting new journey but again it's just honoring honoring what's coming up for me right now just going with it going with those passions because it's as you can tell (laughs) as you can tell it it lights me up talking about history and um, magic so just trying to combine all those in the most effective form which I feel might be Patreon so you can how exciting and by the time this is out that will all be already launched and there will be information about that out there so definitely head to Cassandra's both of her pages which will be linked below (laughs) and you can find out more about that there but thank you again my love this has been a very long conversation thank you for your time and I would love to have you back talking about all of the other things that you know so much about (laughs) (laughs) which is a lot (laughs) thank you honey and thank you everyone for your presence today love you If this episode has served you in any way, I invite you to leave a review of this podcast. Please also share this episode with your friends on social media and don't forget to tag me at Jess underscore Carreri on Instagram. I love seeing where you guys are listening from, what episodes you're loving and your main takeaways. In doing all of this, you will not only be making my day, but also helping me get this podcast out to embolden as many people as possible. I'm so grateful for your love, support, and for you taking the time to be with me today. I will see you so soon in the next episode of Embolden the Podcast.